All right. You are tuned into the beat on BFF.fm. It is Super Bowl Sunday, but if you are listening, then you are as interested in that as I am. Uh, which is a lot. Um, which is a four out of... Oh, that was... Uh, that was Pup, my new favorite Canadian punk band, Pup, with their song, Mabu. I just bought that record... Uh, last week because I heard one song which isn't even on that record some new song that they have and I was like I gotta start listening to more Pup is this uh, I feel like the master volume is low but I'll just speak up Um, yeah we've got a big show for you today Uh, beat the game we're talking about uh, beat the game for those of you who don't know is our video game discussion show, which takes place in the middle of the beat. Uh, that'll be starting around 4.30. We, uh, hopefully we're going to be discussing uh, Darkest Dungeon, which is a turn-based sort of combat, leveling up, questing kind of game uh, that's been out in sort of beta mode for a long time. And finally, the final version came out. Some great improvements. I'm also excited to hear uh, what Forrest, uh, my co-host, thought, who will be, I think, has just tried it for the first time. Uh, There's also a lot of Blizzard news, so um, stay tuned for that. But uh, if that means nothing to you, never fear. Uh, We've got a lot of new music uh, lined up, um, especially in the later half of the show. A lot of stuff that's come out in the last couple of weeks, so... I'm excited um, for some of the jams that we will be listening to today. Uh, what else we got going on? Uh, I just saw my brother. He's in town, so that was cool. He's working on a beard. It's medium. Uh, I drank a good amount of coffee. Did I leave my coffee in the car? Ah, oh, shit. Um... I might have to just leave right now and go to the car and get my coffee. Um, So while I'm out, uh, why don't we start off with... So this is a band that's local and people really seem to like. I hadn't listened to that much of them uh, until recently. And uh, I think this song might be new. It just came out. Yeah, that's right. Um, This is like off a new 7-inch. And I really like it. So I need to catch up and get back on track with this band Uh, and listen to some of their stuff, because I'm sure it's good, and I'm sure I've been neglecting it for too long. I'm talking about the cool ghouls, and you're listening to The Beat on BFF.fm. This song's called Creature That I Am.
great. That was the Lillingtons with You're the Only One off of Death by Television. Their uh, greatest record, if you were interested. Um, I just had a flashback to when I was a freshman in college. My I, I had a dorm uh, with this Asian kid, Tony Sito, who only listened to... Uh, I was in the dorms. He was my roommate. Uh, he only listened to... Like, he listened to a lot of the Backstreet Boys and 98 Degrees and stuff, but he even got, like, further into it where he would listen to, like, uh, a lot of, um... Oh, like, uh, Vertical Horizon, um, if you know that band. Like, getting into, like, you know, from boy bands all the way into, like, basically adult contemporary. Like, anything on KOIT. Um, and so there were a couple of songs that uh, he got into from my music during the year that we lived together. Because we would kind of trade off and be like, okay, you can listen to your music for, you know, the next two hours and then I'll turn on my music. Uh, and I think that the two that I could think of are You're the Only One by the Lillingtons. That was a big fave of his. And then um, I don't listen to a lot of Pavement, but there was this one Pavement song, Shady Lane. Uh, so those are those were Tony's jams uh, in 1999. Anyway, uh, before that, uh, Mean Jeans, Bogus Memories, off my new favorite off of their singles record that came out last year. Um, Todd Congilieri, uh, the guy from FYP, uh, the song is called uh, Channel 11. Before that, Motel Beds, a band that was kicking around the station a lot a couple of months ago, and I sort of... I didn't forget about them, but they had, con- they had kind of cycled out uh, of my rotation, but they're cycling back in because um, they're uh, pretty good. Uh, that song's called Too Long. Um, we're going to get Beat the Game started in just a minute here, but until then, um, I got a couple more jams. Uh, this one's by Legs, another band I've been cycling back into my rotation, another local, well, I guess motel beds aren't local, but anyway, a local group. Uh, off of their album Past the Ringo, which I, based on the fact that I'm back on a leg kick, just got a, just ordered uh like, like a couple of days ago the vinyl record um from Log Lady Records. Don't know if any Beat the Game fans or other fans will get the ref. Um, not a tough one, but you know, it's always good to, you know, test yourself, keep make sure your chops are still up. Anyway, this one's called Don't Say a Word. You're listening to the Beat on BFF.FM.
Broadcasting live from high above Cap Street in San Francisco, California, it's Beat the Game. Beat the Game. On BFF.FM.
reason I thought of the uh, our guest host, I mentioned, I just mentioned our whether or not you'd heard our guest host last week, um, is because I told her that she has to, to in order to fulfill your role, <laughs> she has to say beat the game after I said beat the game. But I said, but you don't have to say it any specific way. So she just went beat the game. That's pretty good. I yeah. like the um, JRPG style. <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, so JRPGs are Japanese RPGs, yeah, okay. tend to be like dating simulators, but yeah. it's always like that uh, high-pitched like teenage girl. Right, right. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Everything's all like, oh my god. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think. I there was a show. So you know, one of the streamers, actually the first Twitch streamer that I started watching, that I started understanding what like video game streaming was, is Day Nine, who's a famous he's yeah. a StarCraft pro, and. Um, he did a show early on called Metadating, which was, <laughs> <laughs> your kind of humor, uh. um, which was a, uh, it was like, they would play, it was these three dudes that would play like basically those, like dating simulators dating simulator, yeah. and talk about them and yeah. stuff. Uh, so that's most of my exposure to those games. Hato Full Boyfriend. Hato full boy, yeah. boyfriend, yeah. Um, and there's a played. sequel to that. Is there? Yeah, and there's a tactics game too. I mean, uh, so I bought Hato full boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I played it for. Is a that little the one bit. where you're a pigeon? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, actually, so you're a girl. You're a human girl, but the school is filled with pigeons. But they never notice that you're not another pigeon. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, I like that actually as a trope. I actually had a, for a long time in college, we had an. Uh, the concept for a movie that we wanted to make where it was and don't ask me how we came up with this but you were a bear but you were a quarterback on a football team and then there was also like a corruption scandal <laughs> so like you you started throwing games and you got like in too deep with gambling and stuff yeah but it was supposed to be a live action movie where the quarterback was actually played by just like an actual bear <laughs> And like it would have no lines, but other people would just treat it like it was like saying it was a stuff. Person. Yeah, uh, that seems like it might project a logistical challenge. I mean, I could see yeah, if I you th- use the bear the from the revenant. Was part of the yeah, actually, you know, and, and in fact, I think this is kind of like a precursor to the revenant. Yeah. <laughs> or there was also that movie, The Bear, that came. You know, remember that movie from like the nineties? No. It won a bunch of Oscars. It was just like there was like. Almost no dialogue. It was just footage of a bear. It was kind of like a Werner Herzog oh, okay. kind of jam. You yeah, know, like yeah. A kind of. And it was like a, about a bear that was trying to find something, and there were some hunters in it and stuff. I don't know. Huh. The anyway, bear. I never got that I one off the ground. One. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think you might have some pre-production issues with that. Um, but I would, I'd see it. I definitely would see that movie. Th- thank you. So, video games, huh? Yeah, man. So let's talk about Darkest Dungeon. Let's get it out of the way. Okay. Um, This is a game that I really liked when I started playing it um, for a few reasons, and I kind of want to get your impression of it first, but... um, but I, I also, like, just started playing it again in the last couple of days. I was playing some this morning, and, like, even when I was putting up a Facebook post for today's show, and I, like, was putting up, like, looking at images, I was like, I want to go home right now and play this game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely, definitely want to play some more. So, um, I, uh, my day job uh, has been interfering with the production of Beat the Game lately. Yeah, which is, like, seems like, you know, I don't know, you don't have your priorities straight. It's also been 
been interfering with you coming over to Vic and Helen's house to play video games. Yeah, that's true. I mean, really, I think um, the right answer is just to restructure my life so that I get paid for playing video games. So I'm going to get on that yeah. um, right away. I think that's a you know practical life strategy. So a lot, you know. I mean, yeah. That's. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I, I, I suppose that the uh, the four hundred dollars speaking fee that I give you once a week doesn't quite cover rent. <laughs> well, I mean, that just keeps me from rage quitting every single week. So. Yeah. Um. So anyway. So okay. So let's just say like this is a basically turn based strategy fighting kind of a combat game. Yeah. Um, it's sort of set, a is set in like a medieval like dungeony sort of magical like you're fighting against skeletons and demons and stuff in a dungeon yeah i think the developers would probably i've I've seen a little bit of press on this i think the developers would probably uh not be super happy with the comparison but it, it takes a lot from uh sort of lovecraft and the like eldritch horror like true detective season one like um culty mythology of yeah. like things that can't be unseen and stuff mm-hmm. um they the the stuff i read said that they were shooting more for like a like a ptsd type of engine as opposed to like a you know so there's a there's a game called um oh man i, I should know this there's a game called like it's like mansions of madness huh. um where the actual mechanic is like instead of taking damage, your character is taking sanity damage. Mm-hmm. So um, you know, in all the Lovecraft books, someone sees something they can't unsee and they go permanently insane and mm-hmm. never talk again. Um, so I think the the stress meter is very similar to that. Right. So in the in this game, there's two there's two hit points basically. You have yeah. you have health, but you also have a stress meter and once your stress meter gets it maxes out it can have it it doesn't it doesn't kill you but it'll it'll disable you in certain ways yeah it's generally negative although uh one of my heroes became more more heroic (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah, which was kind of fun yeah um uh it's called a roguelike which means that you're likely to die um luckily you have like a bunch of heroes you can pull from but at the same time like um, for me, I don't really like Roguelike those. It means is something to do with like being procedurally generated. Is that right? Yeah. Or? So there are two main facets. It's usually procedurally generated, and it's usually so hard that you're guaranteed to lose. So the one I've I played a lot of um, earlier was um, oh man, Rogue Lineage, Rogue Heritage, huh. which was kind of cool. It was the same sort of thing where you have these status effects. But it was like, you know, like colorblind or, right. you know, left-handed or stuff like that. And some of the status effects had no impact to you crawling a dungeon, which I, th- I really liked. Man, I wish um, I could... Rogue Legacy was the name of it. That's a very good one. We should... Did we do a show? We didn't do a show on the swindle, did we? No. No. Because that was like that. That's another one of those... I mean, what, and and that's an interesting thing to talk about. I want to get into the sort of the darkest dungeon specifically, but sure. Um, but but I I do I do I was thinking when I was playing it about that thing of. So darkest dungeon is all about building up sort of these characters, right? So you get these you initially start with four characters. They 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 fight as a team and they sort of do their they go out on a quest and they accomplish their goals and during that quest. They get stressed out. Their stress meters go up. They they could die. 
uh, and in which case you just return with three instead of four or whatever. Well, it, I mean, it should have trained you to go to the stagecoach. I have like 12 people. Right, right. No, you start out with four. I yeah, say. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, you might come home from a certain quest with three because yeah, you can gotcha. only bring four on yeah. a quest. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but anyway, um, and, uh, and I guess what, a, what, what I was thinking about was like you, so you can kind of get in a bad, it's kind of one of those things where like you can get in a downward spiral. Yeah. And so sure. if you like go on a quest and you're like not equipped or even if just things go particularly badly, like you start losing heroes, like all your heroes get so stressed out that like they're like useless the next for the next round. Cause you have to send them to therapy or whatever. And then, um, and then if they start to die they're you know, then you're losing all of these heroes that, and, and of course all of their experience points with it. Um, uh, so you have to recruit new heroes, which have no experience points that, um, and then try and build them back up. But the levels are getting harder and harder because you're moving through the game. And then also you're running out of money cause you're spending all your money trying to rehabilitate these heroes that are near dead because they've been going through these, these battles totally unequipped because they're all of their friends are dead and they don't have you know, and the level, the games are getting harder. And so it's like, it's frustrating. And it's one of those things for me that makes me compulsively start over, hmm. which is I annoying. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like one of those things where you, you kind of, I do this with civilization where like, I'll just like start over like a hundred times. And, yeah. And you then, can just see like you haven't gotten the right footing yet. And so yeah, it's like, why and then bother? You're just like, screw it. I'll yeah. just start over. Um, and so that's kind of like, that's actually where I was this morning. Like I, I've been playing a game over the last two days and I went on like my fourth or fifth quest and like one of my guys died and I was like, ugh, I think I might start over. But anyway, so that's, it's, it's, they're hard. They're also, I mean, I guess the reason I bring it up is because as opposed to like a game where you're doing like a save state kind of game where you, you kind of are always starting from the last checkpoint. This is a game where you, you don't, you once you things have started going downhill you kind of can't back up and yeah go, for sure go go back in you know and and try and kind of and so you're you're always you you have to get comfortable with the fact that you're not always playing like the optimal game or you you're yeah. dealing with you well know. and you know in a lot of roguelikes they're they are called like too too hard by people who um, don't really understand the, the thrust of the genre. But I, I mean, I think the thing is because it's procedurally generated for you to even have a chance to win, uh, the, the, and for you not to think that the procedural generation is kind of boring and, and like weak, mm-hmm. uh, it has to basically be, the edge has to be towards the levels or the monsters or whatever, so that you actually feel challenged. Cause otherwise it's just going to be like, you know, another five rooms to clear out and who cares. Right. Um, but I mean that, that sort of push, uh, has big become a lot more popular lately. I mean, uh, I know you, you probably haven't played it, but, um, dark souls. Yeah. Well, so, but dark souls is famous and I've, I've, I have, it's not procedurally generated, but but it's punishing, right? Punishing. And that's the word. And, and it's interesting because it's billed as such. And I've noticed that, about a couple of these games 
that punishing is almost like a, it's like a box to tick off if you want to be sort of critically acclaimed. Not that yeah. it has to be in order to be critically acclaimed, but it'll definitely it's definitely like a buzzword. Yeah, that sure. like critics are responding to right now, and like you could tell just by the press of the games, the games are like they're not only are punishing, but they're billing themselves as punishing. It's kind of like yeah. a cool cred thing, right? They're now. highlighting the fact that it's going to be nearly impossible to beat. Right, um, which is, I don't know. I mean, uh, it depends. I, I see it I, both I, ways. Yeah. Like, like for me, it's like, you know, it's like the go to climb Everest thing. Like, maybe not everyone will do that. Um, I certainly, I like to do hiking and mountain climbing and stuff, but I'm never going to, like, spend the money and the interruption the rest of my life it's going to take to get to Everest. But I can understand why people would want to do that. I feel the same way about, like, games like that, like Shinobi and everything else, like, I've gotten very not very far in any of those games, um, and why, I get, why Shinobi? Like, why did you bring up Shinobi? Shinobi's another one, especially the newest version that came out for the newer consoles. Oh, I, I only have played on the Sega Master System. So that was one of the hardest games to come out for the Sega Genesis. Uh, Master System for me. Master System. Yeah, I, I only played the was, Shinobi on the Master System. What was the one on the Genesis called? No, there was a Shinobi. I mean, Shinobi went through several yeah. systems. Anyway. But anyway, I that, know I was just surprised that you mentioned that. That I played series probably... has actually been known forever really? for being one of the most difficult. Like, as each one comes out, it's one of the most difficult games. Huh. I um, didn't know that. I yeah. mean, so that for me, that game is like... That game is like Mario in terms of like how, how much it was connected to the system. That Like, that yeah. was the game that we played. And it, it's true that the first boss on Mar- on Shinobi was like on Master System was like impossible I spent yeah. hours and hours trying to beat it anyway what one thing that is that 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 actually brings up that I was thinking about with Darkest Dungeon so with Darkest Dungeon I like playing it and it's just like it's very really fun for me it's really satisfying um and so I um so which kind of goes two ways on the one hand I'm kind of like well that's okay that it's hard because I like playing it so much that I don't mind spending a lot of time with it. Yeah. But, uh, but on the other hand, there's this thing where, um, you know, there's, we're, we live in a time when there's so many games coming out yeah. that you're just like, well, how am I ever going to spend enough time on this game to be good to get it. anywhere? Yeah. And I felt the same way about the swindle. The swindle was like this rogue or, um, it was a roguelike, but it was also a stealth, um, okay. game, but it was, it was a 2d, um, Actually, I'm trying to think. Yeah, it was like a 2D platformy kind of game where you would go on these little missions to try and steal from these guarded little houses, and you'd have to go, you know, go around and like steal hmm. all the little dollars and then get out. Um, and uh, anyway, um, it took me a while to even like get to the point where I could play it. Um, but even after I did, you know, you get like ten. Uh, you you do like ten missions and like a couple of them go poorly and you're just like this is just not going to happen for yeah. me and then you start over and then you start over. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, like everybody likes to play a game of basketball, but not everybody wants to play like against Shaq. You know what I mean? It's I feel the same way. <laughs> I love these like amazing things that you're comparing this to. You're like it's like the three kind of things that someone would want to achieve in life is like beat. Darkest Dungeon, play basketball with Shaq, climb and Everest. climb Everest. Well, I mean, yeah. Yeah, okay. 
I, I just mean like these games are designed in such a way that the payoff is really that sense of accomplishment of like I beat this thing that was like super hard. Like I, I painted a beautiful painting and everybody thought it was incredible or like I played the hardest video game I could find. Yeah. But, it, you know, there, there's for me, there's a reason why casual gaming has kind of exploded and why actually there are more casual finger quotes that no one on the radio can see more casual gamers than like hardcore gamers in the world because you know at the end of the day especially for where i am like as a as a 30 something year old man like i play video games to relax you know Mm -hmm. sometimes that relaxation does take the form of like doing something hard to like have that sense of accomplishment but most of the time it's just like like i have um I have Hitman Absolution on my computer and it's several years old. But for me, like I go into there's one level where there's a Chinese New Year and I just I just set it to easy mode. I go in there and then I just start like doing it the absolute wrong way and just shooting everybody I can see. To just like have that stress release of just yeah. like well, you I were am... talking about this a couple of weeks ago with Fallout and yeah. just like sometimes just loading up like some god mode uh like character that's just completely like overpowered and then just like going and just obliterating people yeah yeah where that point where you're just like where it doesn't really matter anymore you know like where it's just like you're you're doing something and uh, you know objectively like it's not that hard there isn't really any sense of accomplishment but it's still like it's a video game so no matter what even if it is hard like except for bragging rights what are you really doing yeah what are you so what was your impression of Darkest Dungeon in terms of just like the the art, the gameplay, you know, like so, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so aside from all the cerebral stuff we just talked about, I absolutely love the artwork. Um I thought some of the animations, like to me, you could kind of see um where they were just sort of like cutting corners a little bit um i didn't i thought that they could have done fighting and stuff yeah a little bit better job like when like a tentacle comes out of a cloud of dust or something yeah i i mean i thought that was cool but you could just tell that some of the some of the characters are just sprites so they just like pop up and rotate maybe that's like an aesthetic choice like no i know final fantasy looks like that a lot um but i i still like absolutely love the art i love the narrator the narration is so good good. it's It's like it's, I mean, I don't know how you would describe it. It's like this overly macabre to the point where it's like kind of joking on the form yeah, thing, yeah. right? So like he says things like, like, first of all, it opens and it's like this old man writing a letter, right? And like the, 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 the sort of the, all of the things that populate this world, like the commodities, like the commodities are heirlooms, right? Yeah. Like you're finding like and like deeds you're finding deeds but they're not like deeds like, and sculptures and yeah. busts of ancestors yeah and, and they're all like and the, the the idea is that like you are sort of excavating this mansion the this like place where it was like this lord medieval lord that had like all this power but like it's all been like scattered and then and then of course there's this like supernatural thing which is funny because it's like it's that thing of like where in those in in like medieval times like disease and like 
you know, things that we think of now as scientific and things yeah. that we think or biological and things that we think of as magical were like kind of um, there was a, there was a great there was a they blurry were very line. close yeah before um, the germ theory where it was like ill humors right you know and, and so, like what is an ill humor other than like a magical aura essentially right right exactly so you can be like you can be you can read a book and be like you know sort <laughs> of like like if you read the wrong book like you get um, you get like. Uh, you know, you're, you, you kind of contract these illnesses that are like hysteria or, you know, all this stuff. Um, and also like, I just love the, um, I realize we've gone kind of far afield from the narrator now, but like, I love the fact that, um, you know, the idea is like everyone in this, that populates this world, all the characters are like pretty compromised characters. Like a lot of them are like borderline crazy and, you know, touched or whatever you would say. Um, and, and so it's hard, like in order, in other words, to get them to be productive, you kind of have to like treat them in certain ways because like things, things have often an, as much likelihood of going poorly as going well. So yeah. like, for example, um, when people's stress meters get really high, as you said, every once in a while you get like resolve and then you're like everything, you get like a power buff or a confidence buff or something. But, um, but often you get like, um, like, uh, like frightened or like abusive today. I got abusive where my priest, my healer lady went abusive on me. And so then like, she would just start insulting everyone else. <laughs> and then everyone else was just like getting stressed out. Cause my priest lady was just like, it was her turn and she'd just be like, I'm not going to heal you. You're worth nothing. Yeah. You're a scum, you know? And then, so it's like this funny thing of like, it's just like, the whole, you know, the idea is like you're in a crumbling world. So of course, even when you assemble a crack team, like they're not really a crack team. Yeah. They're kind of they've got their problems. Yeah. Well, I think um, it's it's an interesting narrative structure too because I, I don't know why, but recently I've been watching like a lot of spy movies and just the underpinnings of like that worldview of like by like assassinating people or like putting the wrench in like people's political schemes were actually creating more value in the world. We're making the world a better place. And, uh, it just seems so like the, the thought that that's even possible just seems kind of corrosive to me. Mm -hmm. Like it brings you to this place where it's like, you know, it's okay to like shoot people for no reason, like to bring to an end, like decades of life, uh, because you know we're actually doing good by right. by like destroying a piece of the world, right? By starting a coup or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's like a there's definitely a compromise in that like one like the one of the like the stre- the ways to get rid of stress. A lot of them are like so. There's you can go to the tavern where your options are drinking, gambling, or prostitution. Uh, and even in the church, one of the options is self-flagellation. Yeah. And so you can send them, like, just be like, oh, my priest's, like, stress is too high. Let's send her to go flagellate herself yeah. for the night. And then uh, she'll be she'll be better in the morning. Have you um, have you trained up many of your heroes? I know you play quite a bit more. Yeah, not really. So it's interesting. So some of the things, this actually is a good segue to the way, the, like, some of the changes that have happened since, like, so the new, the real, the sort of real, quote unquote, finger quotes on the radio version just came out uh, last month, but this game has been available for like six months or something. Um, 
And yeah, the 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 guild stuff was like not where you can kind of you know the training and the armory and guild um, stuff was kind of not figured out. Yeah. Like it was usable, but um, it's much better now. Yeah. So I started sort of training up. Like I got a couple of extra like the abilities. So so each hero when they're in the fighting sequence rate right, has like a, a, a list of abilities that they can go that they can like a list of attacks. Um, that they can make and you can buy more and you can also buff yeah. the ones you have. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't really think the buffs were worth it. Maybe I'm just too like low in the chain. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were, they were really cheap. So for me, gold seems pretty cheap in the game. So um, that's also something that's changed since the, the alpha, like, it, like the, in the early version, like you'd run out of money really quick Yeah, and they've made it much like I would, when I would equip for a, um, to embark on a battle, I'd use like over half my money. Hmm. And okay. then, so, you know, you bring some supplies on each quest and I would use like over half my money. Now I used like 10% of my money or yeah. something getting ready. Hmm. Yeah. So that's, int- that's that was interesting. Yeah. I mean, training up a skill costs like, I think one, or yeah, it's 225, but one unit of food. So food heals two hit points on a 30 or so hit point character. Um, and that's 75 gold. So it's like, I, I think. I think food's actually more useful in my book. Than so, buffing a weapon? But yeah. buffing a weapon lasts forever. Right? Yeah, it does last forever. Yeah. But at the same time, like, it seems like a skill... Like, first of all, the skills don't change much. Maybe that's so that you don't get super invested in a character and then have it die off on you. Yeah, or maybe it's just that, like, you need... You, we just haven't gotten to the where they... Like, the, the power really starts to accelerate and kick in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, because there's, like, you know, we've only... I mean... You know, you can buff... It seems like you can buff those abilities like 10 or 15 times. You can definitely get them up pretty high, yeah. yeah. And I've only done like the first one or two levels. Yeah, I'm sure... I noticed the same thing where it didn't seem like it went anywhere. It like changed anything. A lot of the upgrades in this particular game too seem to be kind of that thing where it's like a geometric progression of costs. So I'm sure they get essentially geometrically better. Yeah. So it forces you to pick a place to specialize as opposed to just like... Right. Being a generalist, Being everything. The other, there also is a lot of um, a lot of uh, variance in the in the utility of some of the abilities, yeah. right? So like, there's certain abilities that you're going to rely on a lot, and there's also certain characters that just seem like clearly better yeah. than other characters. Well, I think that depends on the zone you're in too. Like, I haven't done a lot of like yeah. forming a team for like doing the wasteland and the swamp and the. They all have better names than what I'm using too, but right. Yeah, um, and actually, I'm interested in that too because I didn't. They there was actually like a hint that came up that said like you know, map your team to where you're going. And I, as far as like I remember from playing it before, like I didn't really see a lot of difference between different places. And now it seems like they may have differentiated okay. them more. Which whereas like they, where you can like there's sort of four different areas that you can go on quests in yeah. and it seems like those may have different qualities well they definitely have different enemies like the right right before i came down i actually played two of the other zones because i'd gotten for, far enough along that i could actually do more than just the one but the first zone you start out in is kind of all cultists and zombies and right. animated skeletons and stuff so uh my paladin was just going crazy they call him something else but because he had Is that like the night guy yeah the night he, guy's dope he's wearing all the armor yeah. he's he had all those bonuses against anything unholy 
So like all those enemies were unholy, but then you end up in the swamp zone and down there it's all like monsters and abominations. So um, the Beastmaster, the the guy with the dog. Oh yeah, so he may be new. By the way, I played him today, and I I had never seen him before. He seems like a good character. Yeah, the Houndmaster. There's also one that I I hadn't really gotten a chance to do much with called the Abomination, and I think he's like basically like a werewolf type character. Um, that but, you can play. Yeah. The huh. interesting thing is you you don't get like he starts off with like eight powers, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I want that guy because he's got all these extra powers, but. Uh, he won't leave in a team with um, like holy characters. So like priests and paladins huh. won't join a party with him. And he causes everyone stress when he transforms. So everyone takes like eight stress damage or something yeah. when he transforms. That's interesting. See, the thing is, okay, and maybe we can kind of close on this or at least, you know, for this topic. But um, But the thing that frustrates me about that is... Um, like that's a perfect example of a, of a time of a time that you would want to be able to replay the same yeah. level over and over yeah. again to get the right thing. You know, in other words, you do it once and it doesn't work, or you realize, oh, this is like totally screwing my guys up. So now I have to go back and like figure out the right way to go through this. Well, coupled with the trend too, like there's all these. One of the things about all these indie developers, like they make really interesting, compelling games, but. Like when you have a team of three people, no one wants to be the guy writing the manual. So even even in the f- like full release game that we're playing now, there isn't a whole lot of documentation. Like I I had no idea it was all like leveled up, leveled up, leveled up, and I was like I have no idea what that actually means. So I had to go out to the internet, read the wiki to find out that oh that turns up their resolve, which means they're harder to stress out. Mm-hmm. Um, and like you only actually improve the skills by spending gold on them in the guilds and everything else. So, you know, I think that's another one of those like detractors for, for the roguelikes um, and possibly part of the, I, I was saying this about something else, but there's sort of that frisson of like discovering something, you know, like figuring out what the rule is and not being told what the rule is. Uh-huh. And maybe that's what they're going for here, but I, I kind of find it a little distracting yeah. when, when like it's even when it's like interface stuff, like they just drop you into the dungeon and they expect you to figure out how to like, like it took me forever to figure out how to equip um, a trinket. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's true. And there's also uh, like some stuff because there is some randomness to the game, like in terms of like um, things that I don't want to say RNG, but RNG um, to the game. And so there are certain things that you don't real you you need to make sure when something bad happens to you like oh was that something I could have avoided or was that something yeah. that just happened so yeah. for example when you open up certain things like they can be trapped right if you open up like a chest to get some yeah. goods out of it to get some loot out of it it can be trapped but you don't have to but like if you use the key then you, oh then yeah like if you bring a key <laughs> which costs a hundred coins yeah. or whatever if you bring a key with you you can pop the key in and then it won't be trapped but like yeah if you don't know that then Some... you just think that you just have to check the cabinet and if it kill is yet kills you and if it doesn't it doesn't yeah some characters can scout too um mm. which became super helpful but i i didn't figure out that it actually mattered which character you which hero you had selected when you were moving around the dungeon mm. To yeah, like trigger that. For dis- and for disarming traps and yeah. stuff and all that stuff. 
Yeah, I, there's a lot of things kind of pain in the assy about it. And it's funny, I kind of think about the same thing about um, the swindle, which I, we should I should make you play at some point just to. It's it you know, I don't know. I mean, to, in some ways, these games like these things like help keep the game fresh because you can't yeah. just like nail it down. Yeah. Um, you can't just memorize the correct button presses to like beat Super Mario or whatever. Right. Yeah. But on the other hand, it makes it so that you can't. You, you know, it's much less of a process of like building. To the point where you can get it right, and you know? most like most of the time when you're taught how to play a game by the game, it's through careful level design, and you just don't have that element here at all, right? Like it's well, I, if, I don't, if everything's yeah. dynamic, like if the, if they don't actually know when you're going to get a trinket, they can't teach you how to use a trinket properly. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, like, definitely. Other but than I mean, just, I think most a lot of the stuff is sort of. I mean, I I still think you can like get going on the game pretty quickly uh yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't deny that i'm just saying like my criticism my um sort of downside of the of the thing not having a a tutor mode is probably just absolutely an effect of it yeah um being uh being random well, that's how they wanted to do it, man. <laughs> it's but a good game. You should buy it. It's a really good game, and also it's a somewhat of an it's somewhat different than yeah. a lot of the games, at least that are coming out right now. You know what I mean? It's it's sort of coming from a place uh, that it really seems like they wanted to do what they wanted to do, and it's not really chasing a trend or anything. Yeah, it's, absolutely. And and it's just really funny and well written. I mean, like. The, just like some of the like a lot of the just the world the world that they you know and all the little things in the world are funny the um all the little diseases that they can get and the little yeah. things that can happen to them that you know have you ever, have you camped yet you know no, oh when, so yet. when you camp they have there's a meal phase but then there's another phase like a respite phase and during that phase like each of them can do like has little abilities that you can (laughs) and the abilities are like rousing speech and then a rousing (laughs) speech gives like a confidence buff to like all your guys you know and you know you know or like um yeah it's like some of the attacks like um like the paladin character that 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 um uh has a one of his calls is like zealous accusation or something yeah, like that yeah. and you just pull up a scroll and then like the other guy like the bad guys take damage yeah and it's just like such a funny it's like such it's making fun of the all of the ways that some of these like that the physical and the spiritual and the mental were all conflated in like, yeah. the lore of like medieval stuff it's definitely a game for people who like uh word play and wordsmithing like mm-hmm. i just love the narrative like if if the enemy gets a critical strike against you it's like no one will survive this hell and like yeah. stuff like that that's just like so again i think you said earlier like over the top and yeah. its pronouncements that you just can't help but be amused by it i guess yeah, it's funny all right well great well I, I we got a whole episode on on dark ascension i think that's like a it's that's a testament to how much there is in it as it's it's not a game that's like a triple a or a like a yeah a, te- a, a flashy game in terms of its technology or in terms of its you know in terms of the the elements of it but there's a lot to it creates creatively and i think it's a it's a cool absolutely thing. so anyway thanks for joining us on beat the game and uh we'll just kind of keep some jams going for all of you that are avoiding watching people get concussions uh before uh we were i was just talking uh to you about i felt dark about having said that i don't know why i said that i don't need to take shots at the concussions um 
I was talking to you about how I accidentally played that snoozy song uh, just before Beat the Game because I um, I got into a band called Florist and a band called Pedal at the same time, and now I can't tell them apart. But I meant to play Pedal because I kind of want to get jammy. And I'm also I'm actually I just ordered this record uh, this morning because I just decided I like this band so much that I need to start getting real serious about them. Uh, so this is Pedal, and you're listening to the beat on BFF.FM. Thanks for tuning in.
right, that was the Razor Cuts with I'll Still Be There off of the Storyteller record. Uh, before that, The Cleaners from Venus, my new favorite band. I've been collecting their albums. They're all like, uh, they all got re-released over the last few years, but then they are all sold out already because I guess they just decided to only press like a few. Even though they made a box set, sorry, I'm gonna get a little upset. Even though they made a box set, that, you know, if you want to make the box set limited, that's fine. But then if you're going to then also repress the record, just press enough GD records so that we can buy them if we want them instead of uh, making this something where I have to go dig around for a record that's three years old. But luckily for me, there's they invented the internet and they're not that hard to find. So I've got a couple on the way. Um, and I'm sure, uh, well, at, at some point... Um, I'll have to figure out exactly which ones I want um, because I think they have like 15 or 20 records so I don't know if I'm ready to invest you know $400 in the cleaners from Venus but they are uh, a band I really am liking these days so uh, anyway that one was called I Can't Stop Holding On before that Raccoon Fighter with In My Pocket I like that song I thought I, I played it a couple times when I first when I first heard it, and then I was like, all right, I don't know if I, that needs to go in my regular rotation, but I threw it back on, and I remembered that it goes, I got that feeling like the feeling Caesar had, which is, like, so lame in a good way. People who know my taste in... Uh, cringy songwriting will know that... Um, uh, that's right up my alley, along with some of my favorite bands like Train and Sublime. Um, anyway, not to diss Raccoon Fighter. I don't know anything about Raccoon Fighter. Maybe they're cool guys, or maybe they're lame. Either way, I like them. Uh, before that, a guy named Mark McGuire, who I guess is a big deal. I didn't know about him. I would have remembered if I did, because uh, that's the name of a uh, very famous Oakland A from my youth but anyway uh the song is called um sons of the serpent and before that pedal with camera lens 2 off of their album shame which is a really good record off of run for cover records that uh, i ordered this morning and you can too if you feel like it i'm not here to sell records um yeah so uh we got about half an hour left here on the beat on bff.fm so we're just gonna keep rolling along oh here comes like all the really really new stuff that uh that just came into the station so um starting off with a guy who a lot of people swear by i i never really quite got it but uh it doesn't mean i'm not open to it and this has seemed like a good jam so maybe this will start my uh my finally caving to the pressure and becoming a big fan of this guy the way that all my friends are. This one's called Voices in My Head. It's new from Bob Mould here on BFF.FM.
All right, that was my favorite band, Level Up. New song called The Closing Door off of a 7-inch called Three Songs that came out a few months ago. Uh, before that, Dwight Twilly Band. Uh, I was DJing at Pops on Wednesday, and this guy came up to me and he was like, Dude, you gotta more listen to more Dwight Twilly Band. So I did, and he was right. Uh, before that, new music from a band called The Crooks. That was pretty good. Uh, song is called This World Is Waiting. Nope, just The World Is Waiting. Um, before that, Sync Tapes. Uh, new EP from them uh, called Priority Mail. That song is called the same. Uh, and before that, uh, a band called Div. Or, I don't know, D-I-I-V. Uh, song called Out of Mind. Uh, thank you all for tuning in to the beat on BFF.fm. We appreciate it. We hope you stay tuned to BFF.fm for all your radio needs. Uh, we couldn't have Artbeat today. Artbeat is our is my uh, usual uh, art discussion show. It airs at 5.30 uh, with my co-host Lily Simonson. Lily had to do mescaline and watch the Super Bowl today. That's what she told me. She said, I'm flying back from D.C., and I have an appointment to do mescaline and watch the Super Bowl, so I can't make the show. And I said, that's fair enough. We didn't really have a topic lined up anyway. Uh, but we'll be back next week um, with, uh, we've got a couple of different topics, some pop, more pop culture uh national discourse oriented stuff as well as some local art stuff that oh, we've got in the hopper so um, stay tuned for that and stay tuned here uh, at bff.fm where we've got uh, music and programming for you uh, round the clock um, including live programming for uh, at least over halfway around the clock uh, each day which is pretty impressive for just a bunch of chumps starting their own radio station so um keep it locked and thanks again for listening uh here's a song that's been one of my favorite should i even play let me just see here yeah oh maybe this one yeah this one all right i I've been playing, so I was going to play Someone Take the Wheel, which I love. There's a, a replacements album, which is kind of like in their later 80s, like, some might be embarrassed by it, kind of uh, easy listening, more uh, K-Fog time in their career, but there's, there's, there's some, of the, some of their best songs are on their more K-Foggy albums. Um, so I was going to play Someone Take the Wheel, but then I was like, you know, I always listen to that one, and there's a lot of good songs on that. I used to have that album on cassette. I used to listen to it in my mom's Subaru, and there was a lot of good tracks. So this one's called Nobody, another really good song off of that record. Uh, it's The Replacements. Uh, thanks again for tuning into The Beat on BFF.fm. See you next week. Shock.
back and forth across some continents, but all that talking it ain't got no use. With your smile, digestion has been haunting you, along with reflux opinions from your ulcered moods. You just let me your horrors like the evening news, but I'm somewhere in a New York. Made it hard enough to get that far 
what it was like to have some fun I guess that they forgot what it was like to be young Guess that you forgot what it was like to be young and. 